House appropriators are choosing to stay quiet on a federal pay raise for civilian employees next year. A key 2021 appropriations draft made no mention of federal pay. Now, the president has already proposed a 1% across-the-board raise for federal employees next year. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to walk us through what's next for federal pay, if we can figure that one out, and what other priorities House appropriators are eyeing. And, Nicole, let's start with that whole issue of federal pay. What does it generally mean when, when Congress makes no mention of it in the proper appropriations bill? So when Congress doesn't say anything about federal employee pay, it basically means that lawmakers are deferring to whatever proposal the president has already put out. And we know from the president's 2021 budget proposal that he would like to see a 1% across the board pay raise for civilian federal employees in 2021. And that does not include any locality pay adjustments. So we've seen this before. And often, Congress does not do anything on federal pay, either because they don't think they have to or they're happy with the president's proposal. But in recent years, the past two consecutive years, actually, Congress has intervened in some way. One was in was one was back in 2019 when feds had already gotten a pay freeze for that year. But the government shutdown, I think, really pushed members of Congress to give feds a one point nine. Uh, percent raise. And then again, last year or this current year, uh, when there was a debate over 2.6%, 3.1%, or even a pay freeze. So this can be done, and Congress has done it recently. I will say, from my perspective, it was a little surprising not seeing House appropriators not go for a higher number. Maybe they're happy with 1%. We don't know. Just considering, you know, the avenue that this typically comes from, if there was a chamber of Congress that was going to act on federal pay, we think it would be the House. The Senate, of course, could do something, but I'm not sure that's so likely. Sure. So does this mean that the one percent is pretty much a done deal? Not quite. There's a couple of different things that could happen. (laughs) The House Appropriations Subcommittee, they passed this bill. They've advanced it to the full committee. The full committee is expected to consider it next week. Someone could offer up an amendment on a federal pay raise during that process. Someone could offer up an amendment when, if, and when this bill goes to the House floor. Like I mentioned, the Senate could do something on their end. The other tricky piece of this, Tom, is there is little time for Congress to really get the business done that it needs to, to just pass a budget for the following year with the election, with their legislative schedule. So at the end of the day, Congress is probably going to have to negotiate some sort of continuing resolution or a big omnibus bill that we've seen in the past. And federal pay could come up there. I don't know that it will, but it could. Now, if Congress does nothing, what will happen is the president is likely to sign an executive order into law. It's usually right around the holidays, you know, either before or after the Christmas holiday or so, physically implementing this 1% pay raise. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. I guess I would venture that maybe Congress is thinking in political terms because They've just given out $2 trillion that the Treasury had to sell bonds to finance. And unemployment is still at fairly high levels, and they've coming off a period when it was at deep recessionary levels. So maybe they're figuring what will the public say if we heap largesse onto the federal workforce, all those swamp people or something. I, I think that might be the calculus they're making, even though 
they know how hard federal employees have worked through all of this pandemic to try to keep things going. So it's not a done deal, but if it happens, it would be before the end of the calendar year, possibly, but after the beginning of the fiscal year. That's true. Um, Pay raises, they go into effect on the first or the first pay period of the calendar year, even though that fiscal year deadline is really that budgetary deadline that we deal with every year. But I mean, Tom, I think anything could really happen here. I think you're right. The assessment that you made about the political aspect of this could be spot on. You know, at the same time, again, if there was a portion of Congress that would have looked at this and said, man, federal employees have really been working hard over this past year during the pandemic. They deserve more than 1%. I think it would have been the House that would have done it. And what else should we pay attention to in the appropriations bill? So once again, this bill does a few different things that we saw lawmakers try to do last year. One, it attempts to remove some of the perhaps harsher impacts of the president's 2018 executive orders on collective bargaining, official time, and employee firings. So it says that agencies can't restrict official time, for example. It says that agencies can't restrict unions from occupying federal uh, office space, which is something that we've seen in the past year where VA has actually essentially kicked out uh, several unions from its government office spaces. It also says that agencies can't restrict telework to federal employees for health or safety reasons. I assume they're going after uh, you know, some of the things that we've seen in reopening and, and closing, frankly, due to the pandemic. One other interesting provision that I'll note, and there are several on this bill, but one that we've paid attention to over the past year is the OPM-GSA merger. And again, this bill includes language restricting that merger. Uh, It doesn't want OPM going to the General Services Administration, the Office of Management and Budget, and it also restricts interagency agreements between all of those agencies and gives a little bit more detail on that front. Because as we know, OPM has, in fact, entered interagency agreements with GSA for things like technology and other things over the past year. And getting back to those whole union issues, which I guess that was pretty much a party line type of thing, or, I mean, did the Republicans go along with that provision, those provisions with respect to office space and official time? I don't believe that Republicans like those provisions. It's definitely a Democratic priority. It was a priority last year. It was in last year's same bill in this same subcommittee. It ultimately did not make it into the final budget. So again, I think Democrats are trying to push this through and they're perhaps hearing out complaints from employee unions who have you know, been lobbying for this for the past year or so. Because the unions have another worry outside of the appropriations bill, and that is a recent Federal Labor Relations Authority ruling on dues. And that kind of relates to the greater issue. Tell us what that is all about. It does all kind of relate together, Tom, when you think about it, because what the FLRA did here is it implemented or it's about to implement a uh, regulation basically saying that federal employees have the freedom to cancel their automatic union dues payments at any time as long as they've been in the bargaining unit for a year. Now, previously or currently, employees have an opportunity to do that once a year. But FLRA, at the behest of the Office of Personnel Management, looked into this issue, decided it wanted to reinterpret it, reinterpret its past precedent on this topic and issue new regulations. And in that final rule, it actually acknowledges unions could face some financial uncertainty because of this. 
if employees can back out at any time, they're not guaranteed those union dues as they currently are now. So yeah, this all does kind of relate together, especially if unions are going out and having to you know, pay for office space that maybe they didn't have to before. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.